it's time for Larry News Sports. My guests tonight, the check is in the mail. No, it's right here. It's Evil Ethan Jack. February 27th, 7.21 p.m. Eastern Time, 2024. You may have noticed from the intro and from seeing this person who you may have never seen. Well, we know each other in real life, but Larry the Athlete is on hiatus uh, indefinitely. Uh, Who knows where he is? Who knows where he is? Who knows how he's doing? But he's saying, I need a break, but the show must go on. Brian, can you host the show for me? So now it's... Larry No Sports, hosted by Brian Packman, until Larry the Athlete is back. Just a little bit of housekeeping there for y'all. I'll try to fill his shoes, his size 13s. Godspeed, Larry. Godspeed, Larry. Now, with or without Larry, we're going to talk about, because Larry and I have the same favorite team, the New York Knicks. You, Ethan, have a favorite team known as the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland has been... On fire since uh, since Mobley and Garland were out of the lineup, they're back and still on fire. The number two seed. I'm going to give you the floor here. Uh, walk me through kind of this season, the different like twists and turns it's taken. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly coming into the season, there was a feeling of like, this team's got to prove something because... Got their ass beat by the Knicks in the first round last year. Um, after it was, the hope was like at least get to the second round, um, and I think that's kind of where they're at now too. Um, and it may be a lot easier if they can hold on to the second seed. Early on, uh, they were looking so hot. Things were looking kind of inconsistent, and I think when Garland and Mobley went down, I was among the people that were like, "Oh, I guess is this like is this scrapped? Are we <laughs> like?" Is this it? Because um, we were hovering around 500 at the time. Um, and so it was looking bleak. But instead, they just kind of uh, dug harder into the new identity that we were seeing a bit in the preseason of uh, trying to be more space and pace. Um, and so we are throwing our shooters out there, giving Sam Merrill lots of run, uh, seeing more from Dean Wade, who's been uh, not like, you know, he's been – fine from outside, but especially on the defensive end, he's provided a lot. Um, And right now, you know, you look at it statistically, you know, things took a dip, you know, they had a very, very hot streak. And now things are like in a kind of a limbo of like, oh, we lost a few, we just won another one. Uh, um, How hot, how good is this team? And I think the main kind of conundrum is that 
you have a number of lineups that look really, really effective where you have Mitchell, Allen, and some combination of shooters on the floor. And you're not seeing as much distance between the Cavs and other teams when it's the main four all together. So when you have Allen and Mobley, not as much spacing, Garland and Mitchell, maybe maybe some redundancy, maybe not as strong uh, defensively, although not too worried about their defense. Um, and so the question is, like, are, are they going to figure it out and into the playoffs, like, make things click between those four? Um, or, you know, because you, you can't – in the playoffs, you're not going to be able to stagger nearly as much um, because you're going to have shorter rotations. So if it doesn't work, then – Basically, who's getting shipped out, and you know how do you, how do you find a new piece to kind of make your what's supposed to be your best lineup actually your best lineup? So, since Mobley and Garland have come back, um, ha- have they had success with all four of them on the court, or does it still look like they're they're in need of trying to figure that out? I think they're still figuring things out. I mean, I, part of it is like the last. We, we missed Mitchell for the a back-to-back where we lost both games. And um, so that, you know, always throws a wrench in it too. But with Garland, he's a guy that if you're trying to do, you know, push the ball and shoot lots of threes, he's a guy that likes to probe the defense, that likes to find spots. Uh, and he's very good at, you know, setting up the big men. But we need him to be passing out to shooters more often. We need him to be launching from three without hesitation more often. Um, and we haven't had that yet. And we're, I feel like uh, in the last couple of games, I'm seeing him push more as he's getting his legs under him better. Um, but it is kind of a question of like, how well is he going to be able to fit into what the style of play that has been the most successful for this team. And then Mobley, you know, he had a, he had a, a good few game run where he was just like, shoot, like only a couple shots a game from outside, but, shooting like 60% from three. And like, if he can just, you know, take a, take a couple and maybe make one three a game. Um, I think that's an, enough to like get a bit of respect and help spread the floor a bit. But for the time being, like if, if they started a playoff series today, it'd be let, let Mobley shoot, obviously. Um, and it would be a problem for the Cavs if they were depending on his outside shooting to, you know, take them to the next level. John, do you, I mean, what do you, what do you see as like the Cavs ceiling with all four guys in the lineup? Because if you stagger, you're, you're going to get, you can't only stagger. You have to play all four of them together. Um, I mean, we'll see. They may just decide not to play all four of them together down the stretch in games. But uh, with the, the, the key being that um, with Allen and Mobley both in the lane, you don't have the great, that much spacing. And as you said, redundancy with, Garland and Donovan Mitchell, but the best possible lineup is all four of those talented guys together. Do you see them come playoff time uh, being coached well enough to to make use of that? I mean, it really is going to depend on the matchup, right? And I I think that um, there's a there's a path for them in the second in the number two or three hole where they can get to the conference finals. I mean, it's just, you know, Embiid might not come back or he might not be fully healthy. The Bucks might not figure it out. And the Knicks, um, 
you know, they might not be fully healthy. I don't know. I think any of those teams can beat the Cavs in a seven-game series. Um, <clears throat> but the Cavs could, you know, I think their ceiling realistically is the conference finals. With that crew, I don't think they can beat Boston. But um, they probably are not going to make the conference finals, and they're probably going to make some changes in the offseason would be my guess. Because there's a you know a long history of surprise good regular season teams that turn into you know pumpkins come playoff time because everyone else shortens their rotation and you don't get to take advantage of you know staggering and making hay off other people's bench guys and it just gets harder and you need you know rock solid defense cuz that travels better you need veteran guys i mean donovan mitchell is a play- proven playoff guy but the rest of these guys I don't know. We'll see. I w- I wouldn't I wouldn't take the over on playoff rounds for um <laughs> mm-hmm. for them. But I do love what they're doing. Yeah, you got to love how they're playing and that they're that they are the 2 seed as of now. Um uh so you started to touch on it Ethan like I guess they're It seems like they even if they are successful this year and I think even if they're them being successful means getting to the conference final. I feel like changes need to happen. They need to consolidate, kind of. Because, like, as you said, yeah. Mobley, with Allen playing as well as he has, and he's more of a true rim-running center, the best, and, and with Garland and Mitchell being dominant ball handlers, the best use of of Mobley on offenses as maybe a connector, but mostly taking outside shots or doing a, being a lot of doing a lot of shooting and being a spacer, which doesn't seem like the best use of him. So I think, and we'll see what his ultimate ceiling is. He's been injured a lot this year, but um, you know, and people who loved him in the draft, maybe are up and down on him now. His, the best use of Evan Mobley is probably doing a, being like a secondary ball handler and being having the floor, the lane clear for him. So he could do some outside shooting, but also can play inside and not have uh, Jared Allen there blocking his way. Uh, we, I think that's, you know, yeah. a lot of what we're, we're seeing with like when we do stagger it and it's yeah. Garland and Mobley or Mitchell and Allen uh, surrounded by shooters, like that helps the big man like shine a lot better when he has room to operate in the paint. Um, and I think a lot of what has kind of shifted this season um, and allowed us to play um, a different style, whereas like last year we were dead last in pace and we were grinding out every game because that's what we needed to kind of do because we did not have uh, a slew of shooters to throw out there. Um, Struis and Niang have not had great percentages, but their reputations create space on the floor anyway. And, um, and then like, yeah, I, I I wish Sam Merrill was getting way more burn than he does. He he sees like a lot of first half runs, um, and he's just a guy. He's just a blowtorch. Like he, he just he puts it up. He puts it up, and he doesn't. And he has a he has a quick ass release, and uh, he's very fun to watch. Um, and I if he's not getting run in the playoffs, um, like that's something that like there's a million things that could worry me, but that that's something that I'd be worried about because it's like you have a weapon here. And if you just leave it to the side because this or that guy is making more money, um, I think it's going to be uh, 
a problem for JB's. Well, who would, he, who would he, who would Merrill be losing out playoff time to? That you're saying is making more um, like a Karis Levert type. I think it, yeah, I think it's mostly Levert. Uh, Levert is is someone that has. Um, I think the organization uh, really trusts him and and uh, feels good about the fact that he's a bigger talent than his role has has been, but he also is not necessarily his, his player profile. And we've talked about this before. His player profile doesn't exactly fit the role as well as, you know, some other guys in the league. He's not really a three and D guy. He can, he plays solid defense and, um, you know, so, and I feel like sometimes he's on the floor as the sole ball handler. Um, like when we've had injuries mm-hmm. and um, that's not my favorite thing. Cause I don't think he, uh, I think he looks for his stuff more than he sets up the offense properly. But yeah, that's a, that's a guy that like Merrill, who's going to, you know, take threes all day versus Levert, who's going to like, oh, maybe shimmy and find uh, his spot inside the arc and hit or miss, you know? Right. So if, if say the playoffs are a disappointment this year, um, do you, do you, well, first of all, is JB gone? Probably, I would think. Well, that's a that's a really good question because um, if they finish with a better record this year, he would have continued his trend of like each season they've gotten better. Yeah. If they're like out in the second round versus the first round, or if they get like if they got embarrassed by like the Magic or something in the first round, I could see maybe firing JB. But if they like sweep by the Magic and then get beat by the Knicks again or something, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like because uh, I'm not sure where they where they might turn in that situation. Um, but but in terms of retooling, I think the then you have the offseason question of does Donovan Mitchell extend, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't, then you kind of know okay, the clock's ticking there. Let's see what we can get for him and, and retool around the young talent we got. And if he does resign, then it's like okay, maybe we'll listen to offers on Garland, maybe Mobley. Um, cause like they're both productive, high talent guys. Uh, Garland's an incredible passer, a really good shooter. He's been an all-star Mobley, all defensive first team. Um, I think his offense has been a slower development and maybe the ceiling isn't as high as, um, some people, uh, like myself were quite hoping, but still he's a guy that's probably going to get maxed if he stays here. Um, so, you know, these are guys with value, and maybe if the right deal is there, they can find a, a better fit, potentially. Yeah, I, I... But I love those guys, and I hope it somehow, like, it, it does click, and, and, the, and in the playoffs, we somehow reach, like, maximum potential with these guys. It would be interesting to see what that max potential with these four guys looks like. Uh, and it would be interesting to see what kind of system that would be. Like, I mean, Minnesota... It's not an exact comp because Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best outside shooting bigs of all time, as people like to say. Uh, and, and he is a very good shooter. Um, and uh, so so you have that. And um, so, so anyway, what we're seeing is like we're seeing success in Minnesota with Towns and Gobert together this, so far this year. Uh, they may have to split that up too. But... 
yeah, so so I I don't know. I I would I would I think if I were them and Mitchell was willing to sign an extension. This is all hypothetical. If they do great this sure. this playoffs, <laughs> great. Uh but if not it changes everything. Yeah, changes everything. Uh yeah, see see what like maybe a different coach could get out of them before you could always retool midseason. But then it's time to most likely it's gonna be Mitchell not extending because he wants to play somewhere else or something, and then uh yeah, listen to deals on Jared Allen or Evan Mobley or figure yeah, figure out what's yeah. next. And I think probably since that first kind of surprise season where where uh Garland and Allen were both all-stars. Um, there's been kind of this idea floated out of like, well, maybe JB is like our Mark Jackson and we need to find our Steve Kerr to right. unlock everything that we have or whatever. Um, and I think like, you know, people look for whatever, like how to fit their team into whatever archetype becomes a dynasty, obviously. Um, but, you know, another part of me is like, well, maybe you know, a a coach can grow with the team as well. And I think JB has shown that with different personnel and different circumstances, you know, he can, he can try different things and learn some lessons. And um, I think this back half of the season, I'm just hoping that some of it sticks and we don't like fall into older habits Um, because I had mentioned before, he's had a better record each season with the team. Um, But he's also, in the back half of the season slid each year as well. We were, we kind of limped into the play in and got beat by the nets and Hawks. Then uh, last year, obviously it was a disaster against the Knicks. Yeah. 20 Um, offensive rebounds for Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. So if we, if we are, uh, you know, limping into the playoffs again and, you know, not holding on to this two seed, which is like very like, you know, we can control our own destiny here, but we can, we can, we can hold on to it. I mean, uh, the Bucks have a lot of question marks and then the Knicks are dealing with a lot of injuries at the moment. So it's like, you just got to hold strong here. Um, Cause otherwise it, the matchups just keep getting worse and worse. And if you fall down to like the four seed again, it's a nightmare. Right. So, so assuming they stay two or three, who do you have a preferred opponent of say, I'm going to put the Knicks in there because with their injuries, they could fall a few spots in the in the standings. Philly, but let's say come playoff time, both the Knicks and Philly are healthy or mostly healthy. Uh, Miami, Indiana, Orlando. Any any preference there? I mean, it's definitely between Indiana and Orlando because yeah. they're the younger teams. Um, Orlando, I feel like, is more defensive-minded and then depending on, like, Paolo and France to bail them out a bit on offense, whereas... Yeah, I think on, they're one of the lowest scoring offenses in the yeah. league. And Indiana is basically the flip. Like, like they have all the offense in the world and they can't defend anybody. So, um, of course, the addition of Siakam makes Indiana a little scarier. So I would say Orlando probably wins that out. Because um, I also feel like even though we're trying to pay, play with more space and pace, this is a team that has dealt with grinded out basketball. And I think that they could... Uh, beat Orlando at their own game if if need be uh, to adapt in a series. Um, whereas like any other team you listed, like the Heat are terrifying because when playoffs come up, it's like they're a whole new team. Um, the Knicks beat our ass last year. 
if Embiid is back, how how could you possibly want to face Philly um, until the second round at least? Um, uh, and yeah, like it, it's definitely between those younger teams and Orlando feels like the the team that you'd want. And I think that's mostly because of Siakam. If Siakam hadn't been added to the Pacers arsenal, I feel like I'd probably be picking them because we're a strong defensive team. And if the Cavs can slow them down a bit on offense, I'm not as worried about them, you know, being able to stop us in the half court based on their uh, track record so far. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Especially, um, yeah, as you said, with Siakam there now, it's different. But before they... Indiana can't really stop anybody. Uh, so just overall, since since is this the best you've been feeling about the Cavs since LeBron left? Um, I mean that 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 surprise that surprise season with like Ricky Rubio before the All Star break that felt great, <laughs> and like at seven, when it was like seventeen and one, that was like woo, and then since then it's been a little more mixed like going into and exiting the all-star break. So like a couple weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> was that dirt and the 17 like, and one straight streakers like, then? Yeah. Let me just temper it a bit. Yeah. Uh, what was the question? The 17 and one streak. That was, uh, that was this season. Yes. Okay. That was Before uh, the all-star break. Got it. Basically, basically like January into February. It was just, uh, it was great. And like when we first were getting Garland and Mobley integrated back in with their minutes restrictions, it was still looking really hot yeah. and now it feels like we're we're taking more willing shooters off the off the court and maybe things are regressing a bit um but i, I want to be patient because progress isn't linear and um yeah and even think, even if everything worked perfectly they they were bound to come down from the 17 and one yeah. type of pace so yeah it, it's just a it's a it's really interesting to be a Cavs fan they're at a very interesting point in their life cycle where well, one, you you see how difficult their their lineup construction is, and it's like, okay, can we get this to actually work? And if not, then what? So, yeah. uh, moving on to a team that is dealing with injuries now—that's the New York Knicks, my team—and yeah. it's just, uh, I mean, this is—it's a great time to be a Knicks fan. I think anybody For who sure. watches basketball can see that especially how awful we've been for 20 years. But it seems like we have got a good front office that's like killed it during the trade deadline, both the, the OG and an OB yeah. trade. That one I loved oh right away because, um, Oh yeah. I saw that as I, I was, I've always been a, an OG fan and, uh, I thought he would fit perfectly. I had come to the conclusion like a week before the trade that just like, it's just not going to happen for Barrett, which I should have come to the conclusion that conclusion probably two years ago, but Barrett fans, I have a Barrett Jersey uh, a few feet away from me. Um, it's just like you, you got so many little nuggets of like good play that you kind of believed it could happen. But even I was like, all right, I guess he's not going to be a multi-time all-star. Uh, although he's playing pretty well for Toronto. Quickly, so it was time to, it was time to, you knew what you had in Barrett at that point. There was no more, maybe he'll become an all NBA guy. Quickly, they maximized his value. Great end of the first round pick. Still on his rookie contract, so he was about to get expensive. Uh, You were, he was never going to fulfill his 
ultimate potential behind Brunson and uh, sort of like what Brunson was behind Luka Doncic, but uh, Dallas lost them for nothing. The Knicks decided, let's cash in. So perfect time to be trading Emmanuel quickly. So everything about that trade made made sense, uh, even though it took a little bit of getting adjustment to replace Quickly's production. The the Boyan trade, um, which I, I I I eventually realized was a great deal, and it is, and I like Boyan. I didn't immediately have that reaction, oddly. And the only reason for that was because they traded Grimes, and I'm a, I'm a big Grimes believer. And he was someone who I didn't think, unlike quickly, he didn't maximize his value. And they were kind of selling low on him. They were selling low on Barrett too, but like they gave it the time it needed. Grimes, I feel like there's 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 still a really good player there in Grimes. And we 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 didn't get that all the juice out of that nut. I don't know. Is that, is that the expression? <laughs> yeah, that's the right phrase. Right. You get the juice yeah. out of the nut. Yeah. Get all the juice out of that nut. Right, exactly. Um, and I definitely see where you come from on that. Um, at the same time, I feel like with the Knicks in the position that they're in, it makes sense that they'd be like, let's get a known entity. Yes. I know he's he's like, what, 35 at this point? Uh, yeah, he's an old man. Uh, um, but like, you know exactly what he's going to provide you. And as a veteran, he's going to probably have a sense of urgency in the playoffs that someone like Quentin Grimes might not have on the same scale. Um, and so it was a deal that I was like, it, it just makes sense, especially since you're kind of going into injuries at that point anyway. And it's like, yeah. we need another forward. Yeah. We needed so. help. Uh, Burks has kind of sucked. I'm not, not a huge, like, I'm not a huge Burks fan, but he, hmm. he's another guy who could at least do something offensively and, when, yeah. and allow you to rest and not play Brunson 45 minutes a game. Right. So uh, um, it, yeah. it just the, made total sense. OG was like, yeah, that was like, of course they made that deal. Right. Um, That's a long-term deal. Yeah. And uh, picks-wise, you didn't give up. Did you give up any firsts? No, fir- no firsts. No first. Yeah, so, so we still have all our vote. That's and that's the key is that we have that last. That's like the last piece. It's like who could we get yeah. for all the firsts, and uh, we'll see. Yeah. That becomes available this off season. So very happy, but uh, times are tough right now in the short term for the Knicks. Um, right. And and I think it's gonna it's gonna just like weigh on them and make it hard in the playoffs. But who knows? I mean, Ananobi could be back in a week or two, and that could change everything. And then it's all about will will Randall come back? Will Mitch come back? Hartenstein's been banged up, but he's kind of recovering now. So that's this season is going to be all about injuries. Next season and beyond is going to be like, uh, what what's the final construction of this roster look like? Is Randall still part right. of it? So, thinking a little bit ahead, um, Brunson's in an interesting position where he... I'm not positive on this. I would have to do some more research, but I think he's he's got one more year guaranteed and then a player option at a very reasonable team-friendly deal. I think that means this offseason he becomes extension eligible, which means if he makes... 
all NBA this year, he gets the like Jalen Brown supermax extension possibility. You get fifty million a year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Which I think he, the Knicks are going to give it to him. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, maybe he's stupid not to. I mean, his, yeah. his adding him to the team entirely changed the trajectory. Totally. Like, I remember being on here and talking with you about the Knicks and their future, and it felt like it was. Uh, an unsolvable puzzle that needed to be <laughs> taken apart, rebuilt again. Um, and then he comes in and just like, he's like, no, actually we're a playoff team and we're, uh, yeah. we're a couple pieces away. Like that's, uh, he's had an incredible run. Yeah. The fans adore him. Uh, he's, and he's electrified. He's really, he's really fun to watch too. So like er- everything you could uh, want out of a guy that's also like, more, more, he seems a little more humble than a lot of guys that might be in his position. Yeah, um, he had to he, really work for everything. He, I mean, not like yeah, he, he didn't come that. from he didn't come from like humble beginnings or anything. But he, he's like in the NBA, he was always too short for college. He had to go yeah. through all of college. He had to play four years of college ball and then drafted in the second round. Yeah. Had to always prove himself. Um. So, yeah, and he's, I think he's 27 right now. So his next contract will probably be from, like, between the late 20s and 33. So it'll probably be the last contract where he's still, like, in that range of his prime, or at least for most of it in his prime before becoming, like, a KD-type guy or the, the next next contract will be more like the Dame Lillard, except he's probably... Gonna age. He's. I. I do worry about how he ages because he takes so many charges and he's like so physical and stuff. But his next contract, and that's the key, I think, is that the Knicks window is from now through of champion. Their championship window is now through the end of that next Bruns Brunson contract. And uh, time yeah, to maximize it, fair, especially if if you're keeping OG around. Like like OG Ananobi has always read as like and that's why the Raptors held on to him so long he always read as like there's a championship piece right because he's elite defense great shooter like he's the he's the archetype that everybody has salivated over for you know the last decade plus of the NBA like we all, we need that three and D piece to make it all work you know he's that guy and then you have and then um uh, and then I think the question's like you know, is Randall the guy you keep around? Is you know, are these the other pieces that kind of fit around um, Brunson and Ananobi, who just feel um, maybe a little more bona fide than some of the others? Right, and uh, I would imagine they're going to keep the Villanova guys around as long as they can because Brunson probably loves them. Yeah, that's great. Get great. Chemistry. That's definitely we're done. And I love Josh Hart. Yeah, I, 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 I for a little while I was like squeamish on Josh Hart because he's he's not he's not a great shooter and sometimes he's hesitant to shoot and I think he's like he gets he 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 squeezes a lot of juice out of the nut of um of effort and yeah <laughs> so like but which I love and it's like sometimes his hustle is just so endearing and so changes the game and is why it's such a great plus minus. But sometimes you're like, Oh, I wish there was actually some more talent there, but he's kind of won me over, <laughs> especially with his rebounding. Dante DiVincenzo is on an amazing contract. 
he was signed for the mid-level exception and it's been great. So there's a lot of good contracts there. The off we'll we'll probably do this again come off season, but there's a lot of decisions for the Knicks on the margins in terms of like, do they make the big trade now? I think if they do, like, uh, you might if it's for like a forty fifty million dollar guy, um, should say like Giannis want out of Milwaukee or something. It's probably going to have to be yeah. for Boyan and Randall as the as the matching contracts and then plus all the draft picks. Um, I'll, I'll take that trade any day, any day of the week. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Then there's also the question of like Hartenstein and Precious have both played pretty well. Hartenstein is, is really good. He's going to get paid this off season. Um, do you keep him around assuming Mitch is healthy and, uh, knowing he's going to just be kind of a backup center. That's maybe, maybe too much to pay for a backup center. So a lot of questions there. They still, even if they give Brunson the extension, it's like they have one more year of Brunson on a cheap deal. Randall's still on a pretty team-friendly deal. Um, and then, like, all the nice, con- like, Mitch on a nice deal. And then we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. So, good time to be a Knicks fan. I think good time to be a Cavs fan. Eastern playoffs. It, I don't, it doesn't seem like they will line up unless, like, one team kind of falls. But uh, it would be it would be fun if they played each other again, especially if like it was the second round where the Cavs won that's a round. A, that's what I would hope. If, if we second, if we yeah. see each other again, sincerely hope it's in the second round. And either way it goes, you know, Knicks have built a better team than they came into the playoffs with last year. The Cavs have, um, in this midseason stretch, looked better than this group has looked yet. Um, so like. Running it back would be fun, but like, yeah, definitely wait for the second round for that. I do not want, <laughs> I do not want uh, potentially another first round exit to the Knicks back to back. And also throw out there, so Hartenstein, he was a Cav, and I wish that they had like tried to retain him because um, he was someone that like it just seemed like he had good skills as a big man, like with his his passing and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I have to ask, I don't know if you're on like Reddit at all, but I remembered when we had Hartenstein, there was this guy who apparently hopped from team subreddit to team subreddit with Hartenstein. And he'd be like, okay, I'm a, I'm a fan of your team now because he was a, just a Hartenstein fan. And wow. he was, uh, I don't know if he's still around there doing the same shtick, but his thing was like, he's the next, next Jokic. Like, watch out. This guy is going to like, he's going to keep growing and getting better. And before you know it, he's going to be, the the you know Jokic light basically and um I always found it funny but I was also like what if he knows something <laughs> especially when you were when he was on the Cavs you probably thought that yeah he's he oh, is he does have some Jokic top. light stuff to his game he's a really good passer has really good court yeah. vision I mean Jokic is one of the best passers of all time so it's a weird comparison and yeah the, yeah, the, the comparison's not fair yeah. in any way because Jokic is and the Knicks are not uh, going to, Tibbs is never going to go with point Yoke, point Hartenstein, but I would love to see some point Hartenstein. Uh, I've heard him called Black Jokic, which I kind of love. <laughs> because actually Hartenstein is half black. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I didn't know that until I looked it up. Um, when my cousin told me he's called Black Jokic. 
don't know. My cousin knows things, I guess. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, that's the Knicks for you. Uh, also, how much is OG Ananobi going to get? Is he going to sign for any sort of discount? Because he's definitely re-signing yeah. with the Knicks. There's no way they make that trade without like a deal yeah. in the works. All right. And that's the... Uh, I'll just throw in that the yeah. Cavs... Um, the only person on the squad who isn't under contract next season is Okoro. And there's kind of a question mark because, you know, when do you start getting into the tax or whatever with this group? Um, With Okoro, he's kind of earning himself a solid contract. He's, um, his defense is as good as it's ever been um, and continues looking great. And then on the offensive end, I feel like because he's not necessarily the, release valve shooter that he needed to be last season. I think there's a little less pressure on him, but he's still shooting a good percentage on a low, low attempts still. Um, but then he's pushing more in transition and, and taking advantage where he is better suited. Um, and so that's just like kind of the question of like, how, how team friendly can we get that deal in order to kind of help, help maintain the books. But, right. um, I've really liked what I've seen from him this year. Um, yeah, interesting you're not player. All star, right? He's definitely a role player, but uh, has kind of improved a little bit every year. Um, yeah, the defense we know is theirs. Can he really get the three point shooting to be consistent? But somebody's going to sign him for sure, and I guess they have his restricted. Yeah, and he's, he's restricted, yeah. so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Knicks also are going to be. They're very close to the tax right now. Um, I think they have it actually this weird thing. I don't know how it, 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 I think it also sort of depends on if they fill out the rest of their roster because they have some empty spots on their roster. There's something where like Dante DiVincenzo has a bonus if the Knicks make the finals, which that ah. bonus might put them in the tax where that's, you'll, you'll take it. If they make the finals, you'll take it, but it becomes, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like they become a, a tax repeater one year earlier. So exactly. silver linings, let's lose in the conference finals. <laughs> We've proven that we're legit by yeah. getting here. We do not need to waste money by going to the NBA finals. Come on. So let's let Cleveland who we somehow met in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> exactly. And what's, what's crazy is like, Looking at any team in the East, I'm like, you know, maybe we got a shot. Maybe, I mean, maybe not, maybe not Boston, but if there's, especially if there's injuries uh, involved, you know, things could shake out a certain number of ways in the East. Whereas, like, I look over at the West, and they're all like kind of packed together, but each one of them is like terrifying to me. Right, Boston's kind of the only terrifying one in the yeah. East. All right, that's the East. We're gonna go global now. And uh, Ethan, sorry about that Olympic roster. Let's. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not going global. I guess we're going national rather than global. But let's international. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, I, Canada, I guess, is part of this. So let's like um, <laughs> let, let's let's introduce this segment for me. Thank you. Welcome to Ethan Sheck's NBA venue name tier list. Um, when we discussed, uh, having me back on the show, I was, I, you know, we'd done like a, some uniform recaps and things in the past. And I was like, what can I do this time? And I decided let's go over this because, um, I 
am so disappointed when you go through the NBA venue <laughs> names. It's like, oh, it's a lot of garbage. So let's get into it. Let's get um, into we it. We start with two, tier zero, the insulting. Now these two, I picked. I picked out specifically um, as the the lowest of the low for for me personally. I'm not saying like objectively these are the worst names, but they're very bad in my heart. Um, and kind of for hypocritical reasons, because with Mar Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, a.k.a. The Rock, a.k.a. Romo Fijo. <laughs> now, is it Romo now, Fijo used to be, um, what was the other financial thing it was named? Quicken Loans? Yes, exactly. Yes. Is so it the, the same, building, is Rocket Mortgage and Quicken Loans the same company? Yes. It's owned and by it was what's... basically like rebranding. Like Rocket Mortgage was like a sub thing for Quicken Loans and then it took over the whole brand at some point. But um and so it's still it's still Dan Gilbert and yeah. his whole thing. And look, you change the name, you rebrand your company, sure, whatever. You took it from the Gundarina, which sounded like gonorrhea, but <laughs> I know people <laughs> love the guns, right? Yeah, the gun, maybe. Um, naming it after a person rather than a company. Um, I like that. But anyway, you switch it to Quicken Loans Arena. And then do Rocket Mortgage Arena if you have to. It was it was not a new building. It was mm -hmm. a facelift. And now it's a field house. This Isn't is a previously established arena. Yeah. And we've decided to call it a field house for no reason. Isn't a field house a very specific thing? Like in Indianapolis, they have all these. In Indiana, they have all these field houses where the Pacers it's a play. It's Indiana thing. Yeah. And their, and their arena is a field house and it feels fitting and they were the one and now we're a second field house for no no good reason. But I it's guess not actually a field house. It's an arena. Like, yeah. I hate that. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end, you have the TD Garden, which it should be called the Boston Garden. Right. It's the most storied franchise. It's It should be the Boston Garden. And the fact that you like... Like if it was the TD Arena, that would also be insulting. But TD Garden just reminds me every time I hear it that you're not calling it the Boston Garden, <laughs> and that um, annoys me, and I hate it. So those are those are my lowest of the low. And I do have a, a picture here of the court at the Coliseum. If you're gonna rename from an arena, if you're gonna change that, then go with something that harkens back to Cavs past and has a name that like inspires gravitas and badassery, like Coliseum instead of field house i've spent enough time on field house you know i, so I, agree, I agree with this tier and I, one one more thing i'll add about boston yeah. is um by changing it from boston garden to td garden they should have to lose garden and now there's only one one garden it's yeah they were able to claim to garden no more all no right to it tier one Tier one imports. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the dog shit category. These are just garbage names I do not like at all because they're all sponsored names, of course, because that's the norm in the United States now and probably you know, across most of the planet. Um, and they just don't sound good or it's a company that's so ubiquitous that you're just like, Ugh, I can't even pretend to wash away the corporate slime. Barclay, is it Barclays or Barclays? Every time I read it, I'm saying Barclays and that sounds bad. It does sound bad. I think that is how you pronounce it. But when I'm, so when I read it, I say Barclays. If I'm talking to somebody like, hey, let's, let's, let's go to Barclays. I say Barclays. If it was Charles Barclays Center, that would be, totally be great. Um, 
Capital One Arena, obviously. Crypto.com Arena is a name so bad it had people yearning for the days of the Staples mm-hmm. Center. Awful. Footprint Center, I don't even know what the hell that is. Paycom Center, bad. State Farm Arena, basically the same as Capital One. Target Center, does everything have to be named after Target in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. How many Target things do you need? There's, and um, where do the, uh, the, is it the Vikings? They play it like target field or something I think they're they like u.s bank or something mm. i don't know I, I know that the twins are target field okay that's what it is the target just owns that those twin cities yeah um, toyota center sounds like a used car lot <laughs> hate it awful garbage and wells fargo center same 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 terribleness um any anything uh anything stick out here anything that you're like yeah Okay, so things like I think anybody out. that you particularly hate. There's some. There's yeah. One, I hate crypto.com. I hate crypto in general, and it's hilarious that they named it that right before crypto basically plummeted. Uh, I had yeah. not. I did not know about Footprint Center and Paycom Center. These those are the first times I'm hearing those names. Those are absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Those are maybe the worst on the oh, list. You, you don't. You don't dream about stepping into the hallowed halls of the footprint center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Or, or the PC center for Oklahoma city. Uh, Paycom. I never even mm-hmm. heard of Paycom or footprint. Um, okay. I don't know what footprint does. I think, um, I, you can, you can kind of be like, yeah. uh, it's like dot com, but pay. Finance. Yeah. You know, okay. So Wells Fargo center Sounds yeah. good, but here's the thing. Wells Fargo is not a company associated with Philadelphia. There is a bank associated with Philadelphia, which is Citizens Bank, which is a Philadelphia right. bank. You have Citizens Bank Park, where the uh, Phillies play. Why not go right. with Citizens Bank Center or the SIT? I don't know. So Target Center, yeah. I'm okay with, because at least it's a, it's a Minnesota local company. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an extra bit of... Garbage if it's not even like a local yeah. associated, for right? Sure. Right, like Barclays, I don't think has anything to do with Brooklyn. All right, let's no, uh, anything you want to add on these tier one imports? Nah, get them out of but here, but good name for the tier. <laughs> tier two, thank you. Boring, put me to sleep here. American Airlines Center. No, Chase Center. Remember when, uh, wasn't there at one point there were two American Airlines centers? I think Miami, uh, probably. I think the Heat also played at, at that time an American Airlines center. But they have since changed um, You got a couple of forums, okay, mm-hmm. and they're alliterative, so that, that keeps them out of the dog shit. But, I yeah. mean, FedEx Forum. FedEx Iceberg, Forum has Iceberg. the has the locality going for it being a memphis-based company yes, as, as we all learned as well. watching uh castaway castaway yeah 100 percent. so golden one center yeah is a that's, that's a buffet right <laughs> i think i was i think i think of it like golden corral <laughs> the golden corral or like generic chinese buffet right the golden one center i would eat there but i wouldn't play basketball there um casilla center that replaced ftx okay right? yes right hit ftx and had to ditch that um kia center another uh like it doesn't sound as bad as toyota center but it's still yeah it's bad 
Um, another, the, okay, so you have the Moda Center. They used to have like the Rose Garden in Portland. Mm. Um, and I missed that. Such a cool that name. Was, that was classic and lovely. And every like, I don't understand why they couldn't shift to a model of like, State Farm presents the mode the the Rose Garden or whatever. Yeah. Like, why can't we keep the classic? Names How about and just the, the state? On top yeah, the State Farm Rose Garden. There, there you go. Yeah, like it would, and I think it's and, and it's just because like otherwise they could find ways around saying the sponsor name, but it just it irks me so much that we're like we there's so much like value put onto sports right. and um and we we just have no pride left with these arena names. Um, Scotiabank, it, when it was uh, Air Canada Center, that would have been mm-hmm. up a tier. That sounded pretty good. It sounded like basketball. But Scotiabank? No. At least it's what? a Canadian thing. At least Scotia yeah. is in the name. So I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I, I would give a little bit of a bump to the FedEx Forum and <laughs> Scotiabank Arena from this tier. And then the last I one. Think that's fair. And Spectrum Center, which sounds like you're in the middle of whatever spectrum you're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Be it. <laughs> Neurodivergency, sexuality, wherever you are, you are you are very normal in the middle, very plain. <laughs> right in the middle of that normal center, normal. of that spectrum. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we got two, three great photos of folks sleeping. Let's Let's wake up a bit <laughs> and go to tier three. <laughs> All right, yeah. So here we are at Acceptably Awful. We still have sponsors, which is terrible, but at least these have a little pizzazz to them or mm-hmm. they just sound good. Ball Arena, I don't know what ball does, but bas- playing basketball in Ball Arena, yeah. that, there's something there. That's, I did look that it up. Is um, making the best of that situation. So I looked it up um, and was upset that it wasn't named after the Big Baller brand. But it is, I, I think it's like a bottling and canning company. Okay. So if you that look at sense, like, hold on one second, I'll be right back. Okay. All right, we're back. Um, so I grabbed an empty can of Diet Coke that I drank earlier today. And I think I've seen it. Was it made bef- by Ball? I think I've seen that before, but now I can't find it. It's just canned under authority of the Coca-Cola company, Atlanta. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen just for a second. Right here. You can see that. It's Oh, yeah, it's the ball. I can see ball. Ball logo. Yeah. That's the ball logo. Yep. Ball makes Coca-Cola cans. And uh, there you go. That's so why. To how how's the world champion Denver Nuggets? As everyone agrees, they are world champions. Yeah. Um, now I lost my. Um, how does the internet work? Well, I don't know. Google it. <laughs> uh, slideshow. There we go. Yeah. All right. So that's Ball Arena for you. Yes. Delta Center. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows Delta Airlines, but like Delta Center at least sounds dynamic. Frost Bank, just that having Frost in there is kind of nice. I put Gainbridge Fieldhouse because when they first built the Fieldhouse, it was like Conseco 
Conseco. I'm not sure how it was pronounced, but it was it was a sponsor and then Fieldhouse. But and not the named after is Jose Conseco. They're the Fieldhouse team. Yes. Stop it, Gilbert. Um, and then Little Caesars Arena just makes me laugh. Yes. So they get bumped up here. Also, and then United Center-based company, and then United Center. Yeah, which like it's if been you that... had no contact. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, that sounds like a cool place. Right. And it's been the United Center for so long. That... That's yeah, that's true too. All right. S tier. All right. Now we get to the S tier. These this is where it really matters. Obviously, the only only arena standing in the National Basketball Association that isn't corporate slop because they are their own corporate slop. Mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden. Named after the MSG the building, the building should not exist. They should never have torn down Penn Station originally, but that was a long time ago. And the name is what this is about. And the name is undeniable. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's only second to the next slide, which is (laughs) the Smoothie King Center, which is so good that it transcends the fact that it's sponsored and comes back around. And you realize, actually, this is what we should be doing. We should be having smoothie companies that before this building, I had no idea existed. I had never heard of Smoothie King and they have changed my ability to know what Smoothie King is completely <laughs> because this move to stupidly name a basketball arena, the Smoothie King Center. Great marketing. I've never been to a Smoothie King. I don't even know where there is a Smoothie King, at least not. Yeah, where here. are they? Are they, are they just a Southern thing or? I guess I don't know. so. Um, or maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe it's just a basketball arena. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they're like, what would be a fun, slick name? <laughs> Smoothie King. Yeah. It sounds but cool. Yeah, it's um, smooth. It was, yeah. It sounds it was, like something Zion joke, would like. But... <laughs> He's the Smoothie King of New Orleans. And yeah, I think you're right. If you're going to do corporate names, do it after products like food is a great one or things that people can have fun with. Like there should be, I mean, Golden Corral would have been great. Golden one maybe is there. There should be a Bojangles arena. Um, you know, uh, if, if each, if each, uh, NBA arena was named after a different chicken sandwich, I think that would, that would, you'd have so many good tie-ins. There, you would have you know? great tie-ins. They give away those chicken sandwiches after two missed free throws in the fourth quarter. Anyway, yeah. And okay, it would Louisiana, mean we. It would also mean we'd have thirty stage. notable. We'd have thirty notable chicken sandwiches in this country. Well, twenty nine, twenty nine, because Los Angeles. But oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> because of Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could annex them at some point. True. Um, and then uh, a little right. breakdown. There are twenty nine total. 17 of them are called centers. I had no idea Man. that they were that the, that the moniker center had taken over the NBA completely. Um, nobody told me this. I had to find it out myself. It was disheartening because it's boring. But great original so research by you. Thank you so much. Um, obviously, Arena, that's a 
common and popular one. Uh, nothing wrong with that. A couple of gardens, one of them legit, one of them one not of them as TV. much anymore. Two field houses, makes no goddamn Again, sense. Again, one of them legit, one of them, eh. And then two forums, neither of which are where the famous forum was. Right. <laughs> That's what I don't get. Like, how did LA let go of the forum right. as then, a moniker? I don't get that. Too like bad. you could place it anywhere. The Staples Forum, the the Crypto.com Forum. Like how how could you let that die? I don't get it. And I think wait, are the Clippers moving to the old Forum or temporarily? They're moving to that area at least. I think it's probably going yeah, to be. It's, it's going to be a new arena. I'm sure. Yeah, they. I don't think they'd move to an old arena while they could still borrow the right Crypto.coms. Um, I, I like how people in yeah. uh, LA pro- still call it Staples. I yeah, and I think it's just so funny that like that like there's an emotional t- attachment to Staples, which <laughs> like if this was like 20 years ago, it would feel like oh, I can't believe we have to name this thing Staples, and now people are like, oh, the good old days right. when I could go to Staples Center. So so stupid. Um, the fact that there's no Coliseum in any of these cities travesty um i feel like we could get really creative with this and like i like garden and forum and feel like the fact that you can have kind of these unique things i think that's nice um but there's you know not enough of it too many just like settling for center Mm -hmm. at least like the scotia bank is it Scotiabank Forum? Arena. It's Scotiabank Arena. It's Scotiabank Arena. See, they could have yeah. been center C-E-N-T-R-E, and then you would have had to do Ooh. one centra yeah. on this list. Yeah. That's what that's what Canada should be doing. They should be looking for any like Britishized uh right. you know, whatever whatever bastardized spellings they have that strayed away from the true American way things are spelled. Um, Call it like the Queen's Guard Center or something weird like that. <laughs> Just put a big, uh, who's it, Charles in charge now? <laughs> yeah, Charles is in charge. <laughs> of our lives. Uh, okay, there's great. Is there any name for an arena we haven't that is used elsewhere like like Coliseum that it didn't show up on this list. Um I mean like I feel like most other things kind of apply elsewhere. You know, like you're not gonna call it a dome or right. a stadium um or uh, a bowl or a park or right. a field. Or a field. Court. Maybe it but could have been court. That's right. When these things, when you when you have nothing but like newly built corporate uh, arenas, they're going to be called centers because it, there's nothing organic or interesting about it. It's not something cultural from the city yeah. that rose up, like you know the Mad- Madison Square Garden or these types of things that are like that feel like a local vibe, like the Coliseum or the the Rose Garden. You know those those days are gone. Those days are gone, sad, but. This is the dystopian let's future we were about. And, and let's go to SoFi and let's go to Jerry World and <laughs> let's see some sterile <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we still have the Smoothie King. The Palace. 
The palace. There you go. That was, I mean, that was before Little Caesars, whatever. It was. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, Little Caesars, again, it makes me laugh. I'm. It's good. It's It's one of the better ones. It's, it's up there. It's like, it's a food with a good, good icon. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in Detroit, like before they were in Auburn Hills, like kind of out in the suburbs, like the Coliseum was in Ridgefield rather than Cleveland. But, um, but like, why not Little Caesars Palace? Like, are you kidding me? It was right there. You let that go. Why are we? Why are we? How about the Little Caesars Pizzeria? (laughs) Little Caesars Pizza Palace. Pizza Palace. Uh, Basketball. I mean, maybe they were like, we got to get rid of the. We have to let go of the malice. Yeah, I guess. And that's why, like, we got to whatever it is. We're not going to bring that back. But bums me out. There should be more forums. Forums are good. Gallery, maybe. Yeah. And unique to the NBA. Like, go, lean into that stuff. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, and didn't, like, Philly used to play at the forum, some forum, I think? I don't know. Probably. Probably. I I, I considered, like, looking more into, like, the history of each thing, and I was like, that's going to be exhausting. Let's just... How about World? How about just SeaWorld? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just call it SeaWorld. Yeah. Yeah. And have have a real whale as your real whale in some like really tiny tank, so it's suffering just as your mascot. Get like a giant tank that goes around the rim of the arena. Oh, that's good. You watch Shamu swimming in circles, wondering (laughs) where his family went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes you think. All right, (laughs) this was great. I think. we need to do more stuff like this. Uh, this is this is the fun part of podcasting, ranking stuff. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate the work. I appreciate the visuals. I appreciate the garden being in the S tier, uh, along with the great Smoothie King Center. Ethan, is there anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? I got nothing to plug. Uh, be good. Be good out there, yeah. people. And I hope. I hope uh, Obviously, John had to step out. Hope. Uh, I think he's doing all right. I think uh, you know, kids get sick. I I don't want to make light of it, but you know, they usually get better pretty quickly. I think he'll be fine. If in case you were listening to the beginning of the show and you're like, "How come John only talked once?" It's not because we didn't let him talk. It's because he had to leave uh, to take care of his son who was feeling ill. But Arthur, I said like the entire time he's been like waiting to, to say something but he just couldn't he couldn't interrupt the flow yeah he doesn't have that Stephen a energy <laughs> breaking in and for me plugs uh just subscribe to larry no sports wherever you get your podcasts may all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder yeah.